hello again and welcome in. Wherever you are today and wherever you're listening from, so happy to have you over to feast upon God's Word together. Get your plate ready today and take a seat. It's the 44, which is Matthew 4, 4. Man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let's eat. I'm your host, Jed Yancey, from the Central Church of Christ in Ocala, Florida. And here we go, week five now of six of of Koinonia. And what we're going to talk about today is eat together. And uh, I mean, this this one here today is right up our alley, isn't it? Because if you're a regular listener, I begin every episode by inviting you to scooch up to the table to find a seat and to eat. And so in doing this and thinking how to, uh, I guess, attack this subject and, and this part of Koinonia, I just couldn't help but to go back in time a little bit to the good old days, right, for for this one. Uh, When things were slower, there was a lot less technology. TVs weren't at the center of every room and fast food wasn't the norm. And, And most families made it a point to eat together. And I don't know how it was for you guys listening, but my family always ate together. It was something that was important enough to my parents that they went out and found a 10-seat dinner table for all of us. Uh, My my mom would make these unbelievable casseroles and and dinners, and and we would eat, and we would eat together. It was a big deal. And yet it's interesting that now uh, that it's just not the normal thing to eat together as a family. And yet there's all these statistics out there that are popping up a bit about just how important it is for a family and for a marriage to sit down and spend time and to eat together. It's huge. And statistics prove that. So what kind of statistics? Well, you can Google for yourself and you can explore some of that. But, you know, in in looking around and researching some of the ones that stuck out to me were ones that pertain to children and and our kids that statistics say that children that regularly eat dinner with their parents or they sit down and they eat a meal with their family and that's the norm, that they have a whole lot less trouble with drugs and alcohol, that they eat healthier, that they show better academic performance and progress, that they show a greater self-esteem, that it also improves communication skills and And these also report being closer with their parents, having a better relationship with their parents than those that don't eat dinner together or dine together, I should say. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a no-duh thing, right? Or for most of us, it is. I mean, typically when we're first getting to know somebody and you think about that, we we go to lunch or we go to dinner, right? I mean, I, I remember... When I was dating Megan a couple years ago, and my level of how badly I wanted to know her showed up in a big way through how much money I was spending on food. It's what we do, right? It, it, it's a, a key part in us building a relationship. Why is that? Well, it's, it's a proven method to build relationships and to do what we're talking about in building Koinonia. So 
As you translate these things over to the Bible, and most especially Jesus, these statistics that I've mentioned to you are not new. It's not a new idea for us living today that when we want to get to know people, we dine with them. And so those things are not new. And because even without him, Jesus, directly addressing the importance of eating with others, we see through his example that it was one of the main things that he did. He ate with people. He went to parties. He gathered around the table with other people. Uh, He performed miracles involving food, and he even gets called out for eating and dining with tax collectors and sinners and people that were not like him. So it's not an accident here that, that Jesus was known for eating together. He knew the statistics, even though he didn't have Google to back up why he did it. He knew that that was better. And yet, Even with his constant example of eating with people, how quickly we lose sight of sometimes just how much emphasis he placed on food, even to the point of calling himself the bread of life. It's it's huge. And that's where I want to go with you real quick, because while much of our focus this week has been on the physical food, I'd like to chime in and suggest that even more important than that is the spiritual eating together that we should be partaking in. And I want to take you back to the story in, in John chapter 6, where Jesus had fed physical food to the 5,000 people there, bread and, and fish, and he, and he walked on water. And then we see in verse 25 of that chapter that the people, after being fed, physical food to the point of being full are looking again for that to happen their next meal so they they jump in boats and they paddle over to where they think Jesus is and when they catch up with him they say hey when when did you get here and why did you leave and he answers and he says listen guys i know you seek me not because you saw signs and wonders but because you ate the loaves and and i filled you up with physical food And Jesus goes on to tell them not to work for the food that perishes, but work for the food that endures to eternal life, which he can give them. And they say then and and talk about manna in the wilderness, and still it appears they want some actual fill my stomach up bread. And Jesus explains that the bread is him. He's the bread of life, and he who comes to me will not hunger. And it turns out as you read through the rest of that chapter that many left and and were disappointed and they withdrew and and were not walking with him and following him anymore because he wasn't going to give them another fill my stomach kind of meal, but rather the main course that ultimately means the most. And that's him. You see, Again, we've talked so much this week about the importance of actually eating physical food together, and it is important, but equally important is the eating of spiritual food that he provides, not just alone, but doing that together. And so in a place that we've gone to often for this Koinonia series in in Acts chapter 2, what we see is that before they shared their meals together, and before we can read about them going from house to house and eating together, is that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. 
Yet they gathered around the table and they ate together spiritual food and took in spiritual nourishment. And through what we can read in John chapter 6, as we go back there, Jesus says, man, you you concentrate on physical food. And guess what? You're going to be hungry again. Don't worry about that kind of food, he says. I mean, we do need to eat, but more importantly, concentrate on the spiritual food and eating together of that, to which he says, when you do and when you eat of that, you'll never go hungry again. Now, I came across this really cool story and illustration that I'd like to share with you here as we close that I think relates so much to what we looked at here in in John chapter six, and maybe give some different different perspective than uh, than eat together physical food. The story and the illustration I came across is set in World War II with the the Germans and how they forced many twelve and thirteen year old boys into the junior Gestapo and. And these boys, these young men, they were treated very harshly. They were given these really inhumane jobs to perform. And when the war ended, most had lost track of their families. They'd wandered about without food and without shelter. Again, 12 to 13 years old. Can't even imagine. Uh, but anyways, as, as part of an aid program to post-war Germany, many of these young men were placed in tent cities. And it was here that doctors and psychologists worked with these boys in an attempt to restore uh, you know, some mental and some physical health and some issues they were having. And, and what they found was that many of the boys were waking up in the middle of the night and they were screaming in terror. And so one doctor had an idea. He felt and and thought and did after feeding the boys a large meal each night that he'd put them to bed with with a piece of bread in their hands, which they were told to save until the morning. And what happened here was that the boys slept soundly, not because they were full and had already eaten, but they finally had the assurance that there was going to be food the next day because it was in their hand. That's a really cool story. And with that, I want to suggest here for your 44 that Jesus is and should be that bread for us, the bread of life. Holding on to him together will give us the assurance to face anything that comes our way. You see, eating together from a physical standpoint is huge and building the word that we're after with koinonia, but just as important as eating together from a spiritual standpoint and allowing him to be just what he says that he is, the bread of life. In closing here today, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. We're down to one more week together in our koinonia series where where we're going to take on uh, the, the next part of this in doing life together. It's going to be great and very much looking forward to Sunday where we cover that. But until next week, I love you guys and thank you as always for listening. Now go eat.